Well, good evening, everybody, and welcome to the Bible Thumper podcast. My name is Patrick Hayes, and joining me like, I don't know, 50% of the time, 80, <laughs> a strong 80% of the time is my co-host, I, Caleb Jenks. I think I missed two out of the last three weeks, so I'm not sure if that counts for 80, because you yeah. average it out over the last year. <laughs> so tonight, we are going to be talking about music. So... What does it what does it matter what we listen to? Does God care what type of music his children listen to? Does God care what type of music is in his churches? So that's kind of what we're going to discuss this evening. Now, as far as next week goes, we really need some people to give us some suggestions because we are running out of topics as far as things to discuss. So I'm going to make a post and see if I can generate some you know, ideas from hopefully you folks that are listening, either get on our Facebook page, <clears throat> which is hashtag Bible Thumper 1611, or you can follow us on Spotify or Google Play and listen to us that way. But please get a hold of Caleb or Patrick, message us and let us know what you want us talking about. So <clears throat> as far as the topic of music goes, Caleb do you think it matters what the Christian listens to? It's funny you said something about what we listen to in church or what, what we sing in church. As, oh, long, yeah. as, it's Christi- as long as it's Christian, we're fine, right? Yeah. Now, here's the question. <clears throat> Does God actually update his list of what music counts as Christian and send it out to all the churches every week? Or is that does that burden fall upon us? Uh, yeah, that's interesting. I've I've heard I was I was telling my wife one day that I I've heard some secular music that's more theologically correct than a lot of Christian music. Oh yeah, I think <clears throat> I think a lot of people make the mistake of thinking that if they hear it in a church, then there's nothing wrong with it. God must be okay with it. And what you got to remember, people, is that <clears throat> the final authority for all matters of faith and practice come from the Bible. They don't come from me or Caleb. They don't come from your pastor. They don't come from who, whatever preacher you're listening to on the TV or the YouTube <clears throat> or listening to over the interweb. Uh, it comes from the Bible. On Facebook Live. <clears throat> yeah. Does, Facebook Live doesn't matter either, unless it's the Bible thumper. So it, it, it's very important that we draw what we believe from the Bible and not from any of these other sources. That's the only thing that really has authority in our life. Okay. So you and I were talking a little bit earlier today, Caleb, about music for the Christian. And I thought to myself, man, we really have to add to that music in the churches because, and I don't know which one you want to start with. What, What would you rather? You want to talk about what we listen to? <clears throat> or do you want to talk about what is in the churches? Um, I don't know. We, honestly, we could probably wait, have two. Wait, wait, wait. We have our first question from Travis. Do you guys <laughs> drink coffee when you do the discussion? Travis, I am not drinking coffee today. Uh, here, let me, this I'll, I'll see if I can turn my, turn my camera here. here so you can see. <clears throat> you know what? This is Travis, clear water, yeah. clear as the driven snow here. Travis, if you it's, want to believe this is coffee, if that'd make you feel better, okay, think it's coffee. Right now, it is empty, okay? <clears throat> it had water in it earlier today. But, uh, yeah, I do drink coffee, just 
uh, not right now because it's 7 p.m. Rocky Mountain time. For Caleb, it's 8 p.m. Central time. And uh, I need to go to bed early tonight. So, no. Uh, good to see you on here, Sharon. Thanks for joining us. Okay, Caleb, sorry that Travis interrupted you with that question. Go ahead and get back into what you were talking about. What would you rather oh, talk it, about first? Music well, we ha Deborah says, churches. Uh, Deborah suggested that we go with the churches here. Hi, Deborah. I think that's a great and, one. Yep, start there. And yeah, I'd say, I'd say so. Okay. If, if, we, if we run out of time tonight, then we can do another one on secular music or whatever. Okay, so <clears throat> music in the churches. Now, Caleb, let me tell you that I have left many, many churches over their music. And some You're such a stick in the mud, aren't you? <laughs> you don't even know my position yet. Please don't come hey, visit our church. I'm in charge you, of the music at our church. So you have invited me to your church. I've been to your church and preached at okay. your church. That's this is true. You don't remember that? <laughs> okay, no, I so, do. I do remember. So typically, and this is typically, you have somewhat of a triangle as far as the the, I don't know, three pillars of things people will, you know, want to stay in a church for or leave a church for. So you have the fellowship, you have the doctrine, and you have the music. Those seem to be the three main things that people will want to leave a church over. Now, we can argue that if you'd like, but my point is that music is in there. More than bad bad coffee too i've heard of that their coffee is no good starbucks has better coffee i'll stop tithing over bad coffee <laughs> okay <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> so music music is one of those music is one that a lot of people have a lot of opinions about a lot of people feel strongly about it's funny because i'm actually a church over I'm sharing this into some different groups right now. I'm sharing this video into Hillsong Worship's private Good. Facebook group. <laughs> All right, Hillsong. Let's see. Let's see how you, how you guys feel by the end of this video. <laughs> Actually, they might be better off. That they just fired one of their pastors. Okay, so Caleb, what are some of the? I don't know what you want to call it. I don't like to use the word rules, but some of the guidelines for the music in your church what do we what can someone expect if they go and visit your church then we can do mine after um, that. okay well it's interesting we're actually getting ready to probably change change things up at our church a little bit to where we mm -hmm. to where we bigger include drum some set, more like old bigger drum set <laughs> we do we do have drums at our church more more smoke machines <laughs> no fo no fog machines um uh, you will oftentimes, if you come to church with us on, on Sunday, you'll either hear hymns out of the hymnal or you'll hear um, praise and worship music. Very little old gospel songs, that type of thing, um, Southern gospel. And we're actually trying to, we're trying to change that right now because there's a lot of, a lot of folks in our church that really appreciate more of the, the old, um, old hymns or, or um, gospel songs rather than just modern contemporary praise and worship give me some examples, a lot of what because i know some people that are listening might be wondering what you mean so we we got hymns and we got the modern praise and worship tell me what you mean give me a few titles of songs you would fit into 
the old type, old fashioned gospel music? Um, well, I'll, some of them would be hymns, but some of them would be like, um, oh, what's what would I what would I say? I mean, like, um, somebody somebody's somebody's saying that they like Hillsong, and somebody else is saying that they're apostate. Hillsong and Bethel are apostate. All right. Um, it will, you'll actually, you'll actually, on occasion, you'll hear some Hillsong uh, or Bethel music at our church. Um, a lot of them are theologically messed up songs. Um, what, what would I say? <laughs> I'm going to draw a blank now on this, but like um, the old rugged cross um, or. Um, so I'd call that a hymn. I mean, it's in my the pow- power. Right. Power in the um, blood. Power in the blood. Again, um, I, I call that a hymn. Yeah, I guess most of those would be in in the in the hymnals, but I guess like more, um, I, I would consider some of the, even some of those hymn to be, um, oh, Rebecca, my sister wants us to get into the other, other other aspect as far as secular music goes. Um, I would say, I would say that um, more upbeat songs of testimony, um, where you're singing about God but not necessarily to God. Um, is is kind of would fall into the the gospel music category that I wouldn't consider praise and worship. And most uh, for the last I don't know five years um, at our church, it's we've really tried to. There's a lot of contemporary songs that are sung, um, very emotionally moving songs. But if they're not a praise and worship song to God, um, we've tried to avoid them at church, um, just simply because. I, I think it can get confusing when you all of a sudden transition from singing to God to singing about your feelings or, or, you know, something like that in, in a, in a praise and worship setting. Um, so I, I find that there's different times and that's why I think um, Jesus talked about singing ho- Psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. I think there's different types of songs that are perfectly fine and appropriate in different settings in church. Um, and I'm wanting to try to incorporate maybe kind of at the end of the services, some more, um, old time uh, music, that type of thing that people can, you know, tap their toe to clap their hands, whatever, and kind of feel upbeat. Uh, mm-hmm. But there's some of those songs that I would say um, I would consider like, um, I, uh, what, I heard an old, old story, how savior came from glory. It's, that's a, that's a great a hymn. hymn. Yep. It's a great hymn, but it's a song to me. That would be more a song of, of testimony. Okay. Um, how about this? Do you know the song? About God, not to, yeah, go Do ahead. you know the song? Oh, happy day. okay that i would call an old-time gospel song but is not in a hymnal and that's really just it's really mostly just a chorus i mean it's a very simple chorus you know um so here we have a couple a a couple more somebody just chimed in connie said go tell it on the mountain i love to tell the story also both good ones and both in the hymnals that i have now i actually collect hymnal so i've got dozens of them but all of those songs we're talking about are <clears throat> are in the hymnals so okay so caleb what what can we expect as far as uh, instruments at your church <clears throat> uh guitar piano are kind of the two main um pretty much any sunday you come to church here you would you would mm-hmm. find us <clears throat> playing guitar piano um hit and miss on the drums. Some, sometimes there's drums, um, all, almost always bass. And that's about it. Um, when we first started, it was usually just me on the piano and, and singing. Um, and now, now we've kind of branched out from there to include more 
uh, more of a contemporary sound or whatever, I guess. So, <clears throat> so at, uh, at my church, uh, we sing, uh, all of our songs are out of a hymnal and, uh, we only sing, uh, one song at the end of every church service. And, uh, the only accompaniment accompaniment we have is a guitar. Now, keep in mind, for those of you that are not aware, um, my wife and I started a home church uh, three weeks ago. So uh, we are that that's where we're at. Yep. So we're very excited. Congratulations. About that. Yep. We've been having a great time doing it. Um, had a lot of positive feedback. Everyone really enjoys it. You know, um, it, it's been great for us. But we uh, we only sing hymns and we um, we use the one hymnal that you know, I've collected, I, I have a couple others because there are some songs that you don't find in some that other people like that, you know, we find in another one, but that's really what we stick to <clears throat> as far as, um, what would be called the, uh, praise and worship songs. Uh, we don't sing any of those. We're not a big fan of the Seven Eleven songs. Uh, you familiar with that? <laughs> you sing the same seven <laughs> words 11 times <laughs> and you call it a song. Exactly. <clears throat> you know, so uh, we we don't do any of those. Um, I'm I'm not a fan. I know a lot of people like them, and and keep in mind what I'm talking about right now is what we allow in our church. Okay, I know a lot of people are going to listen to a lot of different stuff, and there are several uh, Christian songs that I absolutely love that we're not going to sing in the church. There's some uh, modern stuff. Uh, I just recently bought, and actually I'm going to look it up here. I just uh, recently bought an album, which is, uh, let's see, come on. Yeah, sorry, it's not coming up. It's the uh, Elvis Peace in the Valley album. So Elvis sings like 75 different old time gospel songs. And I love it. Um, we're not going to sing in a church. You know, I have a lot of those. Um, uh, who's that other, that one country artist uh, that I like? Uh, oh, um, he recently, not too recently, but he had a stroke just a little while ago. Uh, tall, thin guy. Now I got to look it up. He has some great Christmas albums and he also has um, some really good Alan uh, Jackson. Christmas stuff. No, no, Randy Travis. Okay. Oh, if, Randy you, Travis. Okay. if you've never listened to Randy Travis sing uh, some uh, Christian hymns, uh, man, you're missing out. That fella can't right. think, you know, and there's some different, um, uh, gospel songs and spiritual songs that I like from Doc Watson, uh, from a bunch of different, you know, old time folks, but we, we don't sing them in the church. What we sing are hymns. Um, uh, people all have a book in their hand. They know the words, you know, and, uh, we feel a level of comfortability and safety, right there. Uh, as soon as we open it up to everything else, then honestly, you got to start fighting everybody because then everybody has a suggestion and you got to start telling people why their songs cannot be sung in church and nobody likes it. So what we do is we have a couple of hymnals and we tell everyone, Hey, let us know what your favorite hymn is. Uh, there's hundreds of them in these books and we will sing them. And so far we've had, you know, a great experience uh, with that. My, my answer to that, when I get some really bad theology, I mean, or not, sometimes it's not even bad theology, but just something that I personally don't feel like singing myself. If I'm mm -hmm. leading songs, I'll, I'll say, Hey, you want to, you want to lead that song? 
<laughs> yeah. That's great if you want to sing that. Um, so there are, there are a, um, there are a lot of uh, songs right now that are very emotionally moving uh, songs in, in Christian music. If you turn on K love or Erwan or any other popular Christian music station, you'll find a lot of songs that are very, very much emotionally <laughs> Patrick. <laughs> Anyways, ignore that. That that won't make it onto Spotify. That's my only hope in continuing this podcast is that people <laughs> yeah. won't see. They my won't sarcasm, see that on Spotify. My sarcasm won't come out with the audio only listeners on Spotify. Yeah, maybe <laughs> the, not. The, the visual won't survive the transition. Yeah. You know what, Caleb? My fans know when I'm rolling my eyes. They don't need to see it on a video. They know. Anyways, um, it's it's interesting because I, I feel like a lot of a lot of writers right now, and some of them have a really good truth in the song, and some of the songs I actually like, but then they they incorporate things that very uh, very strikingly um, problematic when you when you compare it to the Bible, and it's like when we're when we're writing when we're writing songs that believers should be able to connect with and and be able to sing with a clear conscience toward god where as you sing these these words it's something that you can wrap your mind around and you can agree with and you can actually sing it as if it was truth um it's it becomes problematic when it becomes more tailored to emotions and you end up letting go of truth there's some people that can go along just fine with that and they can feel good but then there's another another uh section of christianity that is going to uh, have a little bit of rationale problem with that, where they're actually thinking about what they're singing and not willing to just go along with something because it's the lyrics rhyme or because the, the chord progression is cool or whatever. Um, so let me bring up the two most popular verses that you find, and that is going to be in Ephesians 5.18 and Colossians 3.16. And be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. And then Colossians 3.16, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your heart to the Lord, and whatsoever ye do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. So in those two verses, both written by Paul in two different letters, one to the church at Ephesus and one to the church in Colossia, uh, Paul uh, gives us three different types of music to uh, have in our lives. <clears throat> and if you want to argue whether those types of music should be used in churches or not, I think you can make that argument. But certainly he, uh, he hits it twice with the same terminology, psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. So, Caleb, do we need to go over what a psalm is? I think everyone knows that, right? I mean, there's literally a book filled with them, right? Right. And those, no, go the ahead. Psalm, what's, what's your, what, what would your definition of a psalm be, though? Well, what you got to remember is that the Psalms were actually written as songs. Okay. Mm -hmm. One of the words that you constantly hear people read that don't understand the word Selah, S-E-L-A-H, is found all throughout the Psalms. 
And what people don't understand is that it is a musical, it's a musical direction, which means to pause. Uh, the word's not meant to be read out loud, but whatever. That's like if someone were reading music and they all of a sudden stopped and said crescendo. Okay. Or retardando. Okay. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean to get louder or to slow down. Okay. It means, um, you know, or I'm sorry, uh, <clears throat> you know, you're not supposed to read the word. Uh, crescendo means to get louder and retardando means to slow down. So, and one thing I should tell everyone is that Caleb and I are musicians. I mean, straight up musicians. Between the two of us, we probably play 20 instruments, <laughs> you know, and, uh, and Caleb plays <clears throat> a lot of them much better than I do, but <clears throat> I've had a musical, uh, I don't know, I don't want to say career, you know, but I've played music from the third grade all the way up through college, you know, and I still have musical instruments and play and play them every single week. So <clears throat> Caleb and I are, you know, re you're not talking to the most ignorant people you could be when it comes to music. So you have these three groups <clears throat> of, uh, or these three types of music. The first one is Psalms. Any correction or addition to that, Caleb, other than what's written in the book of Psalms, they were written as songs and <clears throat> understand that the Hebrews didn't write their songs and their poems the same way that we did. They don't always they don't rhyme as well. Okay. Um, that's not the way they, at least not when, you know, they at least not when they're translated, <laughs> certainly not when they're translated into English. Okay. <clears throat> but I wanted to know if you had any other ideas as far as what Paul was talking about when he said the Psalms, I'm assuming we're in agreement. No, I think, I think, I think, yeah. David. Okay. Yeah. He would okay. have been referring to the, to literally to the Psalms. Sure. Okay. So then you have hymns. Okay, so hymns, <clears throat> this one I think is just about as easy as the Psalms. Okay, where do we find hymns? Well, we find them in hymnals. Now, not all hymns are good. I'm not saying that if it's in a hymnal, that's all it takes. Okay, um, <clears throat> but what you can do is you can go through and with your Bible, you can prove what hymns are doctrinally correct. One of the things that I find with the hymns is that the majority of them go through great care to make sure they're doctrinally correct, that they line up with the word of God. There's not a whole lot of hymns that I say, oh, that's a bad one. Throw it out. What are your thoughts on the hymns, Caleb? Well, it's kind of interesting because I think you and I both tend to be kind of traditional guys uh, with that. That tends to be more the um the line that we, that we would feel the most comfortable going down so there is somewhat of a, of a comfort to me in in things that are more traditional that have been around tested by time um so i ha i've actually run across plenty of hymns that i had had a problem with um theologically mm -hmm. and there's and we're obviously going to run into that and that's why different churches have had their own hymnals that they agreed with because you know, um, the Methodists may have wanted to sing different songs than the Presbyterians or the Baptists sure. or whatever. Um, and so obviously there's been um, dis disagreements on on hymns. It's it's interesting to me. I, I got a book years ago that kind of gave the, the backstory behind a lot of hymns and, and who wrote them and how what they were going through and their kind of their life story. And it was it was very interesting. And it really, it really helped me, I guess, kind of um, 
put a face with the song, so to speak. But the other thing that I found that was very interesting about it was in reading kind of the history of a lot of the hymns is many of them were very, very controversial in their day. Mm -hmm. No different than a lot of contemporary Christian music is today Mm -hmm. because um, they, somebody wrote the lyrics, somebody else rewrote or put the lyrics from the original hymn to a tavern song. Mm -hmm. That's what Martin Luther did. Yep. And a lot of Christians were very alarmed by that. And of course there was plenty of other um, uh, movers and shakers during the reformation that were doing things like that, that were looked down upon with, you know, the traditional church. So there was, there was definitely, there's always been controversy over what is and isn't appropriate in, in Christian music. And one of the things that I've tried to keep in mind, I tend to, I tend to like older uh, stuff that's been around and um, that goes for, goes for, um, lifestyle. It goes for, you know, plenty of different things. It's like, you know, old fashioned way of life, heating with a wood stove. There's things like that that just seem like they're wholesome. But just because something is uh, antiquated doesn't necessarily mean that it's superior. And we have to realize that we're connecting with Christians. There's, I, I cannot stand rap music. I mean, I can't, I cannot, personally, I don't like rap. I don't even, I don't think it hardly qualifies as music but there are some people some cultures that will find whoa 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 okay what about all the god glorifying righteous uplifting rap music (laughs) don't you like any of that yeah so anyways about selling drugs and oppressing women and well, that's that's part of that's part of it is is it's trying to appeal to a culture that is um, oftentimes very much anti-God in in the in the um, in the culture that has promoted things. You know, a lot of rap music is very degrading toward women, like you mentioned, or it's very immoral. And so, then to try to take that style and incorporate Christian lyrics into it can be problematic. Well, the same would have been said for um, somebody just mentioned the heating with wood stove. <laughs> If you, uh, if you ain't doing that, you ain't saved. LOL. <laughs> um, there's something very wholesome about coming in and backing up to a, a nice wood fire in the evening when you come in, it's cold outside, as opposed to having a natural gas fireplace or electric heat. But just because that's my personal preference and I like old style bluegrass music doesn't mean that somebody that plays contemporary music and connects with that um, is somehow wrong and so that's one thing i've tried to tried to learn to relate to we have quite a few young families in our church there's some people that would be more traditional but a lot of in our church there's a lot of people that really appreciate uh, modern worship songs and they you know they listen to christian radio and that's what they want and i've i've had to learn that i can't let my preference for style with music determine um determine what what i believe can and can't be a way that somebody connects with God. But I do think the content really, really matters. And I really think that we should be willing to dive into the lyrics on songs and not be, not be afraid, whether it's a hymn or it's um, um, one of my problems with a lot of contemporary songs is they're um, very focused on not just, well, I would, some of them I would call Jesus is my boyfriend kind of a thing where it turns it into like a romance. Mm-hmm. Um, and this goes for 
contemporary songs. It also goes for some hymns. Um, but then there's also some that I would say um, are very much pushing the idea of um, this, this relentless seeking for the individual to find more connection on a spiritual level with God. Um, so I think of a, I th- I'm not sure. I think it was a Matt Redman song. I'm not sure who wrote it, but it was more love, more power, more of you in my life. And the whole song just repeats this over and over and over again. And I can connect with that to a certain degree. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, but what about being content with the love of God that we have experienced? What about being content with the power of God that we've experienced? Is there, do we constantly need to be, making Christians be discontent with the relationship that they do have with God and seeking this constant seeking and yearning for more love, more power, more of you in my life. Um, anyway, that's um, just extend the uh, singing in the church at the end of the service, an extra 20 minutes. And then uh, just yeah. do that every week so that you can have a little more, you know, you can be a little closer to God. Okay, I and I should not pin that on. It. It's probably not, not Matt, Matt Redman. I don't remember who that was. So I shouldn't, I, I'm not trying to name and shame him. Um, but anyways. <laughs> I doubt he's listening. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Matt Redman. I <laughs> just take this as godly am, a, admonition from one brother to another. If you did write that song, if you didn't, sorry for offending you. I do think that, Matt, I know Matt Redman wrote some other kind of slushy, Jesus is my boyfriend type stuff where it was like, uh, mm-hmm. you know, these, these love songs, you can remake almost any love song and just in, insert Jesus rather than your boyfriend. And it sure. becomes a Christian song. And there's yep. a lot of those. Um, uh, well, it was one that actually came up. Oh, it was a Phillips, Phillips Craig and Dean did the song, but it was originally a Matt, Matt Redman song and it was called let my words be few. And if you listen, listen to that song, I consider doing it at church and rule it out. Because it was one of these where it was, um, you know, Jesus, I am so in love with you. Mm-hmm. And I, I, have no, I have no problem with, with that concept. There's some people that feel that. But there's some Sundays where you're going to come to church and mm-hmm. you want truth, but you don't necessarily want somebody else putting words in your mouth that are going to make you sing Jesus is my boyfriend, <laughs> so to mm-hmm. speak. Um, uh, so anyways, um, that, I, I don't actually personally have a problem with Matt Redman, but I think I did find that was one that was written by Matt, Matt Redman. So it, lyrically, those would be a couple of, of issues that I've run across that I find that it's the emotions are hyped up. Um, and, and sometimes the love issue gets pushed so far that pretty soon we center around love and, and we forget truth. We have to have the truth and love or the truth in love, speak the truth in love. Yeah. So is here, here's what we're, what we're, what we're doing is we are really kind of moving the conversation past psalms and hymns, and we're landing on the third one. And let me tell you that the third thing that Paul says in both Ephesians and Colossians is the battleground for acceptable godly music and trash, which is under the guise of Christianity. Because I have never sung a psalm in church that bothered me, that made me feel uncomfortable. I've never sung a psalm in church where I thought this is doctrinally nonsense. Okay. Not one time. Okay. Then I can't say 
that there are many hymns. Now, there are more hymns than Psalms, okay, where I've heard one and it it was doctrinally incorrect or um, I can't think of a single hymn where it made me feel uncomfortable. There are a couple that were lousy as far as music goes. You know, I didn't think they were really well written and the tune wasn't great. Okay, but <clears throat> there's there are no hymns that make me feel uncomfortable in the church when we're singing them. But then you get to spiritual songs. And the problem is people have taken such license with the spiritual song title that they think that anything, if it's on a Christian radio station or if it's in a church, it must be under the banner of spiritual songs and therefore it's acceptable to God. And that's the problem. That's just not the case. So when I'm in a church and I'm in your typical contemporary Christian worship service, and I don't even like to use those terms. Okay. I hate that the idea, I hate the idea that the term worship has turned into meaning singing. Okay. Cause that's only one part of worshiping God. The Bible talks about, it defines it in many, many ways. And I hate that there's a worship portion of the church service and all it is is singing. Okay. The Bible talks about bringing your tithe to God and that's a way you worship God. You don't see people throwing dollar bills on the stage or jumping up and down in the pews when the basket comes by. Okay. <clears throat> but neither here nor there. You have your contemporary Christian worship service. And I sit there sometimes thinking to myself, I don't even know what they're talking about. And I don't think most people do either because the lyrics of the song are typically very repetitive. They're typically not very deep. They're not even biblically accurate most of the time. Now, keep in mind, this is one guy's opinion. That's it. And Caleb can jump in here in a second and tell you all the ways that I'm wrong. But it seems like because of the lack of substance in these songs, what they try to do is play heavily on an emotional response. Am I crazy for saying that, Caleb? No, that is exactly what it's going for. Just play the song long enough. And repeat the chorus enough times and pretty it. soon people people okay, will be emotionally moved. You know what? You guys aren't getting it yet. Can I have everyone out there close your eyes? Close your eyes and, and raise your hands to the Lord with me as we sing this chorus 5,000 more times. We'll get some tears out of you folks sooner or later. So that's what I see with the contemporary Christian worship service. And like I said, unfortunately, any song that, you know, is sung in a church must fall under the banner of the spiritual song. And therefore, OK, that's it must be OK. And I think that's why the churches have veered off into crazy town with a lot of these songs rather that. And it I mean, there are so many good songs that are that are biblically accurate, that are strong in their doctrine, that make you think about the Bible and who God is. And instead, you know, we're just, I feel like it's almost chanting. You, do you, 
do you understand what a uh, uh, what a mantra is? It's something you just say over and over and over and over and over again until you believe it. Well, if you take a mantra and you set it to music, you have con Christian contemporary worship services. Okay, Caleb, that's my two cents. Go ahead. Get on in here and straighten me out. No, it's um, – I think that we should realize this is this, this is the same – traditions that got going in Europe that killed the church there. You get stuck in a rut in church and whatever it is that you're doing, if you stray from the truth, um, it can feel good to you. Eventually it's not going to feel good to your children. Um, and eventually it, it hurts the church long-term because people see the results of um, going to going to church and doing something that feels good whether it's true or not, they see the long-term results of that on, on people in people's lives. And eventually the church dies out. And I think that the only way that the church stands long-term is when we stand on truth on the word of God, which is unchanging. And, and we allow that to be um, our, our pillar. We don't need to be socially relevant. We don't need to try to fit into um, what people expect based off of pop music um, so I, I do think that I do think it's very, very important that um, content would take precedent over um, over the, the sound quality or the, um, the the emotional side of it. Uh, that being said, I don't I've been in services like you just mentioned, Patrick, where there was it was very much appealing to the emotions. And I've seen people around me that were connecting at times emotionally to the, the music. And you could tell that they really, you know, had it going on, so to speak. And others that weren't, there was times that I was and others, others weren't. And I don't think as Christians that we should be so, um, so careful about the music that we can't enjoy a worship service if, if it's not perfect. If you go to church and you're worshiping with people and they, they sing a couple of lyrics that you don't agree with, I think we can have the grace and mercy as a Christian to let that, to let that slide, so to speak, and not, not have that be define wh where we worship or who, who we fellowship with. Um, but I do think that, I, I do think that it's um, worth noting that this has become, this has become the norm for worship leaders who are oftentimes not qualified um i mean i've seen ads i've seen ads in the local like facebook marketplace and craigslist look uh church looking for uh a, a experienced guitar player um or and and it would have some of the, the qualifications that they were looking for or a drummer or whatever want um want want uh previous experience playing live venues this can include bars uh live music festivals you know whatever so what mm -hmm. they're looking for is is quality in the a workmanship of, of the performance. And, and oftentimes when you, uh, when you actually break it down and you look at what's going on in some of these churches, some of these bands that go way off the rails theologically and they start producing really great music that sounds fine. And the words are like, wait, where did that come from? That just came, mm -hmm. hit you out of left field. And then pretty soon you find out, oh, there's this big scandal because 
you know, the, the main lead singer is gay and, or he's been cheating on his wife or, you know, whatever. And so oftentimes there's people that are put in to these positions that are very unqualified. Um, they haven't been, I'm not saying you have to be to seminary, but they haven't, they haven't, um, really, they don't have a good theo- theological basis for what, what songs they're picking, what songs they're writing, the content that's going into it. It's like, oh, wait, last week there was a hit on the top 100 Christian music, whatever, CCLI or whatever, whatever. And they sang this phrase. And so if we could work that phrase in with our song, but also include this phrase that was in this other song. And then last week when we were at church, somebody started jumping up and down and, and, and singing hallelujah, more Jesus, hallelujah, more Jesus. So we could put that in right here. And all of a sudden we're going to have, we're going to have a chart topping song and we'll hit the, hit the charts with Caleb and we'll be the next rock stars. I mean, this is the kind of thing that's, that's, that's determining what goes into the, the Christian music these days is what is going to make you go viral or, or make you pop, uh, popular. And that's very different than what it was um, when Isaac Watts was writing hymns. You know, he wasn't hoping that he'd be the next YouTube star mm-hmm. or the next Facebook live star. <laughs> like Patrick. <laughs> so anyways, it's, it's very, it's, it's, we're living in different times and I see it, I see it uh, be bleeding over into Christian music. I, I will say that I've appreciated a turn of events in Christian music recently, where I would say 10, 15 years ago is very much focused on um, if you listen to pop Christian music at the time, it was very mo- much focused on the performance, like singer songwriter type stuff. There's a lot of solo artists that were going out and playing, you know, Toby Mac, um, French, Francesca Bat- Battistelli, some of these people that were on Caleb and stuff like that. It was, it was all Christian songs about God or, or positive, encouraging music, but it wasn't really praise and worship. Now you have Hillsong, Bethel music, some of these where they're really putting more emphasis on trying to make make actual worship songs people can connect with in church. And I, I appreciate that the move in that direction. Unfortunately, it's, um, it, it's taken a dive off the deep end with some of it theologically, I think, uh, where they're now dictating to the church, the doctrine that is actually taught through the music in the, in the song service, because people take the, the sermon and they probably can retain a very small percentage of what, what they hear in the sermon, but the songs they get sung and repeated over and over and over again, they stick in people's head. And it is a very, very effective way of communicating truth, biblical theology. And when you have groups that are specifically trying to reshape theologically reshape the church through the music. And this is, there's a, this is definitely an agenda that's out there with some of these groups. Um, They're intentionally trying to reshape the way that Christians think about biblical issues through their music um, that's that's problematic if you're if you're willing to stray from from the truth of God's word in that. Any thoughts? Well, <clears throat> you know the one thing that I was thinking of, and this maybe I'd want some clarification on it. You said something early on about we shouldn't take what is said in the song and if there's something if there's a couple spots that we disagree with maybe it was we shouldn't write it off or we shouldn't what was what was your thought there because here here's my thought okay it's no different than the sermon you're going to listen to 
than the Bible lesson that you're going to get. You want it to be more than anything biblically accurate. Now, <clears throat> if the fellow that's up there teaching you the Bible is able to do it well, well, that's even better. And if the song that you're singing with your church can be done well, <clears throat> and some people can sing well, and maybe some people can play an instrument well, well, that's great. And that's even nicer. But at the end of the day, the most important thing about the music is that it is doctrinally accurate. I think that right. would be paramount above everything. So let me ask you this. How do we keep the spiritual songs from getting off into left field and just getting into crazy town? How is it that we stay away from just, oh, every bit of music is fine. So long as it's sung in the church, it must be okay. Or let me start with this, Caleb. Do you believe that that's true? That any song sung in the church that has something to do with God is good enough? No, certainly not. Okay, so then, I mean, what are our parameters? And I know I'm throwing this at you, and I don't really have yeah. a good answer. Well, but it, I it's, think it's interesting because I don't know if I should be the one defining this. I think different people, people are going to have different parameters that they sure. would set in place on something like this. But for me, I have given it a decent amount of thought because I, I do have something to do with this at our church mm -hmm. and I do pick out the songs and I, I there's been times where we sang a song and later on I'm like whoa what did we just sing there's there's songs yeah. that I've written in the past that now I look back at this song and some uh -huh. of my favorite songs that I've written were heavily influenced they were mo mostly scripture that I mm -hmm. that I incorporated into this into the song sure and um so as I as I look back on on some of the songs that I've written um some of them my favorite part of the song is where I was just directly quoting scripture it's like so, some of the all the whole rest of it I still question was I right theologically and what I wrote um and I think that I would like to see I would like to see a lot more songs written including direct quotes from scripture or at least closely paraphrasing things that, that when I, I'll say this, when I'm, when I'm singing a song, it doesn't matter how emotionally moving the service is. When I hear truth in a message mm -hmm. that resonates me, with me, when a, when a preacher is preaching, I'm not going to say amen or hallelujah. If somebody's mm -hmm. preaching and I'm not sure if what they're saying is truth, but when they hit truth really square mm -hmm. and the gospel is really coming from the pulpit, that's what gets me going. You know, when I hear when I hear truth coming from the pulpit and I know without it, without a shadow of doubt that what they're that they're speaking agrees with scripture and the same for me with with music. So I think that we should we should stray, stray away from the, the concept of trying to come up with newfangled ways to repackage the truth into into music in such a way that it's more appealing to um, to our culture and start. And start sticking just simply with singing things that are very, very much agreed with what Jesus said, with what the disciples um, e experienced and wrote, such that we're safe, such that when somebody goes to church and they're and they're sitting there singing a song, that they're not mulling it over in their head, thinking, "What is this getting at?" 
uh, we sang a song at church a couple of years ago. And I, of course I gave somebody, there's a young lady in the church that um, was giving us a bad time about it. And I wish I could remember it. Um, but the song said something like, Oh man, I'll, I'll think of the lyrics here in a second. I'm pretty sure. Um, but it was, it was a very questionable, it was a very questionable thing. And theologically, I think that I could agree with what was being said, but it's like, I've never heard that. I could, I could never, when she, when she questioned it, I was like, okay, I could, I could never find a place in the Bible that agrees with this. Mm-hmm. Um, there's nowhere in scripture that I can think of that. And that was very interesting to me. I was like, why would I expect people to come to church and agree with this song and be able to connect with God and sing these lyrics as if, as if they were singing unto God from their heart. If I cannot find any place in scripture that I can somehow tie this in. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was, uh, come on. It's like right on the tip of my tongue. Um, I'll think of it in a minute, but anyways, okay. I would, I would say that that, and I don't remember if I, if I'm answering your question or if I'm completely on a different topic here, but to me, that's what I think that we should be striving for. I don't know if you're, if it was a positive or a question or a negative question, what we should be trying to avoid or trying to strive for. Yeah. You know, <clears throat> Caleb, the, uh, the way I see it is you and I, we, we hear a preacher somewhere on the radio or on a podcast. We go to a Bible study and we really listen to what's taught. We talk to a stranger that's sitting next to us on the bus or the airplane or the train, okay, about the Bible. So we get these ideas and we like what this person had to say. But then what we do is we take that home and we run it through the filter of the word of God to see if what they said was true or false. And I see that that is the, uh, I think that's the way that we should judge all of these songs as well. We should start with the filter of the word of God. And if it passes through that, okay, then we're off to a really great start. What I'm fearful of is that people are no longer using the filter of the word of God to judge the songs they're allowing into their church. What I think people are doing now is picking what's popular, picking what the most people uh, agree on, uh, picking whatever is new. And they're taking that and they're putting it in the church. And so long as it mentions uh, God, or at least him with a capital H on the screen, then that's good enough as far as it's a spiritual song and we can sing it in church. And I think that's a very, very low bar for these songs to reach. I think that we should do it just like every other idea that we hear, like the Berean challenge that we hear about in Acts 17, 11, that they were more noble than those in Thessalonica in that they uh, received the word of God with all readiness of mind and searched the scriptures daily to see if those things were so. And and that might not be a direct quote, but the idea was that the, the folks in Berea heard what Paul was teaching and they received it. And then they went home and they looked it up in the Bible to make sure that what he said was true. And, and I think that's what we should be doing with these songs. And I just don't see that happening. Um, and, and I don't see a problem with ripping a page out of a hymnal either. You find a hymn in the hymnal in your church, and it's just a terrible song that's doctrinally incorrect. Well, great. Rip that page out, throw it away. Don't sing it anymore. There's nothing There's nothing wrong with that. Really, the only place you, you can also don't... just... 
You can also just rip a page out of your Bible if it seems to yeah. disagree. If there's a song, the song that is anti-Bible, you know, and that's the funny thing is that's the one place you never find doctrinal problems is in the Psalms. And maybe that's why in both Ephesians and Colossians, Paul listed Psalms first. Okay, Psalms, then hymns, then spiritual songs. And if you don't believe that the order that things are written in is important, I understand that. I'm one of those real sticklers that takes the Bible very, very literally. Okay, And that would make sense because neither you nor I, Caleb, have complained about the Psalms one time during this whole conversation. We've gone almost an hour and we've mostly had all of our complaints with spiritual songs, a couple of uh, small complaints with some hymns, and we really haven't had anything bad to say about the Psalms. All right. right. So now, well, I go ahead. I, well, Give that being me. said, I, I, um, I, found, I remembered the song that I was trying to remember. Uh-huh. And so my friend, Sarah from church mm-hmm. was mm-hmm. giving us a bad time about this when we tried it. Mm-hmm. So it's a casting crown song called only Jesus. And I actually kind of, I still kind of like the song, um, mm-hmm. but these are the, this is the lyrics, make it count, leave okay. a mark, build a name for yourself. Dream your dreams, chase your heart above all else, make a name the world remembers. But all an empty world can sell is empty dreams. I got lost in the light when it was up to me. Does this does this remind you of the scripture that this comes out of yet? No. Make it. Okay, I'll keep reading. Wait, no. Where on earth am <laughs> okay. I supposed to do that in the Bible? Okay. So this the is the, this is the interesting thing. It's gonna take it's gonna take forth. a turn. This is the way they write books these days. They try to like leave it on a cliffhanger and then it t- turns and you're like, oh, that's how this ties in. Okay, so got it. Okay, this is how it goes. It. So mm-hmm. so the first is make a count, leave a mark, build a name for yourself, dream your there dreams, you chase mm-hmm. your heart above all else, make a name the world remembers. But all an empty world can sell is empty dreams. I got lost in the light when it was up to me to make a name the world remembers. But Jesus is the only name to remember. And then the mm-hmm. chorus goes on. And I, 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 I don't, <laughs> well, it's, it, you like sing I for a long time there. And I, yeah. I don't want to leave a legacy. And I don't care if they remember me, only Jesus. And got then it. I, 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 have only got one life to live. I'll let every second point to him, only Jesus. So of course so I like that in part. The negative first and then correct. Yeah. Yeah. Later in, I get it now. But, okay. So this was a question and she was like, but aren't we supposed to leave a legacy? And I was like, well, I mean, there is plenty of verses you could find to, to kind of, you know, back that up too. And yeah, so obviously that's the, a the legacy point here, children, that's not making yourself world famous. Right. Exactly. Okay. So I still kind of like the song, but I understood. And then I was like, I can't make a strong argument for the fact that we really need to sing this song. Mm-hmm. Um, Anyways, so if somebody says that they're missing us before they get home from church. Oh, just Donna, skip that's church. Easy. Skip yeah. church. No, no, no. Skip Go church. to church and watch us on your smartphone with earbuds <laughs> instead of listening to the preacher. That's the easy just solution. Tell your pastor he needs to reschedule the service earlier in yeah. the day because you got you got more important things to do. Otherwise, first skip of all, church. what are you doing going to church on a Sunday night, man? <laughs> You know what's so funny, Caleb? When we started our home church, that was one of the things I told my wife. I was like, we are not doing it twice in a day. I was like, I'm done with that. You know, we have things to do with our family at home. We are not, we are not giving up an entire day to church. Now you go to church in the morning and in the evening on Sundays, don't you? No, you don't have a Sunday Sunday evening. Oh, okay. There you go. We have Sunday morning and then every other Wednesday or two Wednesdays a month. Yeah, so you're not so, doing the every Wednesday. Yeah, no, now, I, I used to be we at probably, 
Go ahead. Oh, we probably should be doing a lot more churching than we are. Maybe I'd be more, <laughs> more religious than I am. Man, I, uh, I used to be at a Sunday morning, Sunday evening, Wednesday evening church. And let me tell you, that's a perfect recipe for hating everybody you go to church with, seeing them that often. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> Include Friday nights along with Wednesday, Sunday morning, Sunday evening. And then a couple of prayer meetings in between. I know, I know churches that are that way too, where you, oh, yeah. where you really, yeah. <laughs> you get, G, you get Jesus up seven days a week. Every day, um, every time right. the doors are open. <laughs> yeah. So Donna, you're right. You can listen to us later. Um, yeah. We're, we're not that important. We can, we can, we can uh, wait. The video will be there when you get home from church. Okay, I thought so, of a couple, a couple of songs. These are um, probably, uh-huh. Um, in the hymnals too. I guess most old time like gospel songs are in the hymnal. A lot but of like, them are. Um, and some of them are sung differently. Some of them you and I know from a banjo, but they're actually played in the hymn, in the hymnal differently, more of a piano organ type song. Right. You know, so there are some that they've just changed the music to a little bit and they've made, you know, but anyway, do you want to say, yeah. One thing that has improved on since the old time is the mm-hmm. organ. Can yeah. you imagine going to church every Sunday and all you hear her would, was the pipe organ? I like <laughs> organs, man. I'm a, I'm a I, fan of the organ. I, I wish don't... they had the big ones again. Okay. All right. Okay. So I'm I don't Johann believe you. Sebastian Bach. I am a okay, fan so of his How music. often do you go on to, how do, often do you go on to, I don't know, where, where do you listen to your music? iHeartRadio, Google Play, what, YouTube, whatever. How often do you go on there and I you're like, all right, mind. Google, okay, Google, find me pipe organ music to listen to <laughs> while I'm plumbing this house. <laughs> please okay. please so tell me in, when the last time. <laughs> in all fairness, okay, I do buy a lot of classical music. Other than classical music, certain show tunes, and let's really limit that to Phantom of the Opera, okay? <clears throat> I don't listen to a whole lot of music with the organ. And to be honest with you, Caleb, it's not that easy to find good stations on Pandora or Spotify that have hymns being sung. I've tried finding a bunch of them and I'm like, man, these things stink. You know, a lot of times it's instrumental only or it'll be acapella or anyway. So I haven't found a whole lot. So I usually go online and search on iTunes to buy the stuff. But as far as pipe organ music, the only stuff I listen to is classical. Like I said, from mostly Johann Sebastian Bach, because he was big into the pipe organ during his time. My sister needs to get off of the Bible. Rebecca, just go away. Okay. You're anti-Bible, anti-God. Harp is like the most biblical instrument you could find. She says harp is worse than the pipe organ. You know, I'm not a fan of harp. I'm hoping my mind is changed when I get to heaven because I know it's up there, but yeah, I mean, I wanted to, I wanted to learn. She hates it when they strum all the way across the harp, of course, that's whatever yeah. that's no, it's beautiful. Okay. So David, she, she, she always said that if I tried to play the harp, that I was going to have to wear a skirt or something like that to play the harp because it was like a feminine instrument. I was like, Oh really? I'm pretty sure kind after David feminine. got done chopping off like 500 Philistines head and then picked mm-hmm. up the harp, nobody thought that he was real feminine, <laughs> but no, anyways, they still do. We all, we were always, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> we were always ribbing each other about this because I wanted to even play the harp and she hated harp music. Um, okay, I actually so- don't have, uh, I don't hate organ music either for the record. I just, it's, it's very old school and okay, I'm not, what, I think what, that it's improved. And here's the thing. Usually the type of song sung to a big pipe organ 
are what I would call high church songs. Okay. So do people get are, high in church? No, no, no. So high church. Sorry. You'll have to exp- you, I'll, I'll let you explain yeah. it. I won't so interpret for you. That term is for the very, um, very proper. Okay. Very dignified, very musical. Um, type like, of like music. more like liturgical. Uh, liturgical like, search, church um, services. Um, a mighty fortress is our God. Okay. okay. And a lot of songs that are, that's one that I would consider more high church music as opposed to what I like, which is Southern gospel music. I like tent meeting type of singing. Okay. that That's what I enjoy more than how about this? The, uh, the churches with the real tall vaulted ceilings, mm-hmm. right? Okay. Like, like more like cathedral. More like cathedral. Right. You got it. Okay. So that's high church music, uh, more boring. You feel like you're going to get yelled at if you're chewing gum, you know, and I'm, I'm much more of a fan of, you know, small country church to be honest with you. I like, I like uh, clapping my hands when there's a whole bunch of people singing real loud, you know? Hey, do you clap on the beat or off the beat? That's what I want to know. Uh, usually off depend. you know, for okay, a lot thank of you. Songs. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, come that on. should have gone into Thessalonians. <laughs> All right. That somewhere in the Bible, it should have told people to clap off the beat. Yeah. Don't climb. Don't try to clap on the beat. You oh, throw everybody off. Happy up. day. Oh, happy day. There you go. Oh, happy you know how to do day. it. Oh, happy day. And if you don't know what a beat is, don't clap, please. Yeah. Don't come to church and clap no. if you don't know what the beat yeah. is. <laughs> don't even try to help us out. <laughs> and Caleb, I, I am a big fan of big choirs i'm a fan of big choirs that can sing man i love a big choir okay good. i have you'll get I along have, i have no you'll problem get along good in heaven yeah i have no problem with the choir robes man you know oh, i yeah. mean i really don't send me a selfie next time you put it in yeah i mean i wouldn't <laughs> wear one you know <laughs> but i like the churches okay that get down with singing with a big choir okay i just love it now that's not where we are. You know, like I said, we're in a home church with like 12 adults and a handful of kids. And, you know, it's very, it's a very different feel. But, okay. So, uh, we got, we got some, we got some people, <laughs> some jokes in the comments. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Do you want to talk about Christians and the music Christians listening to outside of church? Let's, let's save it for another day. We're already more than an hour in. I think that'd be a fun episode. Just okay. like dedicate another. It you doesn't have to be do next, week, next week. Sometime. Let's just do it next sure. week. Yeah. We're on the top. Might as well follow, there you go, uh, follow up with this. Follow up. So Robert with... Thompson wants to know if we can imagine closing your eyes and imagine, close your eyes and imagine you're sitting in the sand outside the temple during Solomon's time and hearing this discussion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, he, okay. he's like, Keep wait, what mind, are pipe organs? <laughs> yeah. Keep in mind, David had singers in the temple 24 hours a day okay they had they probably oh, sorry, doing some 7-eleven uh, solomon they had singers in the temple uh working in shifts so that there was singing in the temple 24 hours a day it was something else you could be a professional singer scraping out a living just going in and singing for a couple hours a day uh in the temple i don't know what they sang but i bet you that was pretty neat 
All right. Well, so a few songs that I was thinking of that I, this is the kind of stuff that I, I can really, um, I shouldn't say get off to, but whatever, whatever Mm -hmm. the term would be that I, it really, it really, um, I feel like I can, lights your fire. Yeah. It lights my fire. I I feel like I can agree with it a hundred percent. There's some old songs and these are probably all in the hymnal. So, but I think of like kind of old gospel songs that would be something that would have a kind of a, Mm one three five chord progression where you got the or that's, one four five whatever one, four, five, that's all of them <laughs> yeah well where it's mostly major chords not a lot um of like <clears throat> funeral music that's mostly in minor keys and that's stuff like that high church that's the high church music okay one one four five is the southern gospel music so i'm thinking of like i'm bound for the promised land or um a great one uh have a little talk with jesus oh yeah there's another one where you could where you could totally where you could totally play it um do more end time stuff gentlemen i think we are definitely in the last days all All right sean mccurdy that's a good idea turn the discussion over to patrick for this because um so like on christ of solid rock i stand um Uh stuff like that where it's just like i mean there's the the whole entire song the whole time you're singing Mm -hmm. it's like man this is straight out of the bible theologically correct yeah Uh, the lily of the valley he's you know he's a lily about the the valley Uh, there's things like that where i can really i can the fairest of ten thousand to myself do you know how many hymns i could sing right off the top i'll tell you what and caleb you can call this call me crazy for this okay but i get along with people who can sing a hundred hymns off the top of their head without a hymnal. Right. I, I just get along with those folks because they are in the types of churches that I get along with. Those are my people. If I can start singing a hymn and you can join in and get nine tenths of the words, right. We're going to get along just fine. Okay. What about so anybody, if you're going to try to go pay, uh, date patrick's daughter make sure yep. that you learn 100 hymns and you can you sing go. them back to back with no hymnal first and it, you'll and you know you're in you know okay. you're in caleb can i tell you the sweetest story i've ever experienced in christianity okay is it very emotionally moving it really is it's one of the only it's okay. it's a story that brings my a tear to my eye yeah yeah go ahead. Uh, every time i every time i tell it so my friend Scott Link, he's like a senior in high school, and he tells me, he's like, hey, Patrick, I, I feel like God wants me to be a pastor and, and preach the Bible. And I said, hey, man, that's great. And I was like 25, 26 at the time. I said, why don't we get started early? I said, no sense in you going to Bible college and then doing it later. I said, let's start preaching You know, this weekend. So we call up a bunch of old folks' homes. And we say, hey, we'd like to bring a Bible study in there and sing some hymns for the old folks and then give them a Bible study. What do you think? And the nurse that we talked to at this one was like, oh, that'd be great. They'd love it. Blah, blah, blah. Okay, so next, whatever, Tuesday night, we head over there. We grab a box full of hymnals that we took from the church and we head over there and and Scott and Scott has a short, you know, little message and they make the announcement. And there's like one guy sitting and they're all in wheelchairs. Like Caleb, this is a nursing home where like everybody is in a wheelchair. Okay. So we, we start singing and we all we got are these hymns. So we start singing hymns and I'm not kidding you, Caleb, in two minutes, these old people are coming out of the woodwork. All of a sudden we turn around and it's just wheelchairs and walkers coming out. And there's like 25 old people out there. 
okay, because they heard the singing. And I think we brought a girl from the church that could play the piano. Okay, so they had a piano there. We're playing the piano. We're singing the hymns. All these old people come out. So I'm like, wow, this is great. We know how to get a crowd going. So I start handing out all these hymnals. So every old person has a hymnal. Okay. And I say, okay, everyone turn to page, you know, whatever. We're going to sing Amazing Grace. Okay. And we go Amazing Grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. Okay. And we sing through the whole song. I say, okay, everyone, you know, turn to, you know, this one, we're going to sing uh, the love of God. Okay. The love of God is greater far than any tongue on earth can tell. Okay. So we're singing through it. I butchered it. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah. The love of God is greater far than tongue or pen can ever tell. Okay. Thank, um, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So I walk around the room, Caleb, the, we're like five or six songs in all these old people are singing their hearts out. I walk around the room. Almost all of them are on the wrong page. Half of them were holding the hymnal upside down. I'm not kidding you. And you didn't every, have to say that. I was afraid there was going to be old people watching this. I just heard you call them old people like 10 times. Now you said they held the hymnal upside down. single one of them knew the words to every hymn we could think wow. of to sing. And they were singing their hearts out and they loved it. It was the most touching thing I had ever seen. You didn't that we didn't have to bring the hymnals. All we had to do is sing the first three words and tell them what song we were doing, and they were able to sing them all themselves. It was awesome. And I'm sad that that is gone. I'm sad that I live in a generation where when we are all in an old folks home, that's not going to happen. They're going to come in and sing some stupid nonsense that's on the radio that I've never heard before. And I'm going to throw right. a fit and they're going to force some pills down my throat to calm me down and send me back to my room to sleep it off because I'm yelling and screaming. Why can't we sing Amazing Grace? And the stupid I don't find that to be consistent with your personality at all. Says, what's Amazing Grace? Right. Well, it's interesting. So last well, yeah, a couple of weeks ago, I guess. So we, we do this uh, food giveaway at our church every Thursday. Mm -hmm. And we always have somebody lead out in prayer at the beginning of the distribution and some, sometimes sh share a scripture or two. Mm -hmm. um, and then we start. So I've always um, tried to farm that out to where it wasn't me the one um, doing that because I'm already sure. doing quite a bit else with the, with the distribution in charge of it. So I was, I've been trying to make sure that I kind of spread the load with it and that I wasn't the, the head guy all the time with stuff, but I did it. I think the first time that I'd ever done it the other day and I decided we never done this before, but I was like, let's try singing a song together with these people. Cause I know a lot of them are Christians. They don't go to our church, but they go to, they've been in church or go to church somewhere. And so I was like, well, nothing safer than amazing grace. That's what I well, thought, we had, right? yeah, we had like 500 people, um, there that night, I think there was probably present at the time was probably only two or 300 people at the beginning of the distribution lined up all the way around the parking lot waiting for their food. And so anyway, it was a very, I mean, it was a very emotionally moving thing to see the whole community come together and everybody's lifting up their voices and singing amazing grace together, even though amazing grace is one of the least, 
um, if I was to think of spiritual songs that are emotionally moving songs, I wouldn't think that Amazing Grace would ra- would rate very high in most churches worship leaders' vocabulary. Yeah. They're like, oh, yeah. no, like we're not at a funeral. Let's do something yeah. more upbeat. <laughs> but the fact that people knew it, um, it was it was kind of uh, special. You know what we should do sometime? Maybe next week we should t- we should test it first. I wonder how how well our audio is lined up on this. If we could ever do a song, I should just come to Colorado for one of our podcasts. And you'd be and cool I to try doing, try yeah, singing. try doing a song together sometime. That'd be cool. I don't know. I bet that there's too much of a latency or, or delay between us on here. I, I don't know. It seems like it's fairly real time, but mm-hmm. um. Anyways, was there? I don't know if there, we're, we could just ramble on here for another. <laughs> 45 minutes and we've hit the two hour mark we're not going to start talking about (laughs) that was a good story what yeah well it just it it really saddens me that those days are coming to an end Mm -hmm. and now it's up to you know you you need keyboards with different types of you know effects and you need guitars electric guitars with different type of effects to Make and the God forbid you forget that the, the fog machine. If you don't have the fog machine, no one's going to know what song you're playing. You know. All right. So, so somebody says, "Do one now." A song. So, yeah, they say, "Do one now." Here, I'm gonna. Do you have an instrument around? This is going to be terrible audio, I'm sure. What key are you in? Well, what tune are you in is what I want to know because I don't think we're in tune to each other. You might tune to a digital tuner just to make sure. Yeah, I t- I I keep this guitar tuned. I play it every week. We're there. You're sharp. Sounds like. Oh, I can I can already tell this is going to be great quality audio. <laughs> All right. Um, what what song should we sing, y'all? Somebody give us a suggestion. Let's go with a hymn. You want to do Amazing Grace? You're in C? Key I'm C? in C, yeah. grace what i think one should play the guitar why don't you do it all right are you gonna sing are you gonna sing lead or should i sing harmony hold on wait Right. Just, just so, give it a, give it a go. I'll, I'll back you up. <laughs> Obviously, you can't hear me. Am I not no. coming through? Uh, the guitar is totally clear. 
Is it is the latency oh, it is. that bad? I it must be bad because be, there has to be a timing. Issue. No, it sounds great to me. Really? <laughs> <laughs> there has to be latency. Yeah, there, there's no way it's coming through straight in real time from here to text and back. Hey, Rebecca, you're on here. You said he needed a good laugh. Was that coming through on time or not? That's what I need to know. There's no way it was coming through on time. Here, I'm going to sing. Speaking of a song that I... <laughs> everybody's everybody's laughing. The prop... I think we ended on we ended on the PSC. <laughs> Here, yeah. let's see if I'll sing and play and see if when you I want to see if when you come in singing with me if you're on time. Do you want to sing harmony or do you want to sing melody? Are you kidding me? The only thing I have a chance of is melody, but doesn't matter. We can we can be two part melody. Right. Who cares? Go ahead. Let me hear the first. All right, verse. I'll, I'll I'll go on the first verse and then okay. you can grab your guitar and you can lead out on the second verse. Okay. <laughs> so people, and then you're gonna stop my guitar. my sis. My sister says we're not on we're not on time at all. <laughs> Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now. I see. All right, go ahead. It was grace that taught my heart to fear. He raised my fears freely. How precious it is that grace The hour I first There you go. Sounded great. Okay, yeah, actually, you actually, you came through pretty good. Yeah, so maybe we'd have, we'll have to to um, Colorado. Yeah, here's, I'm going to, I'll sing one here that I wrote sometime back. Um, and the chorus is based off of scripture, but the verses were not. They were based more off of emotion. And now I look back and I kind of question it. I probably shouldn't be singing it here because Patrick's going to pick it apart. But anyways. Yep. I'll start typing <laughs> so, comments as you sing. Okay. I, probably, was, I don't know. Probably 12, 15 years ago that I wrote this. I don't know if I'll remember all the words, but. Sometimes the road seems long. There's times this way grows rough. And you need someone strong. Then I hear the master say, 
Come to me, all ye who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest, for my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. I'm in the key of E, just so you know. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I'm meek and lowly in heart. And you will find rest for your soul. As I near your holy presence, don't let me fall beside the way, for I need you more each day. Then I hear my Savior say, come to me. All ye who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Take my yoke upon you. And learn from me, for I'm meek and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your soul, and I will give you rest. I should probably invest in a real microphone before I do that. That's good. Obviously, most of that was based off of scriptures, and that's the only oh, part yeah. that I never have regretted. It was that sure. part, and I love songs like that that are written primarily off of scripture. Some of the rest of it, I'm like, mm, I'm not sure if I still theologically agree with that. But anyways, you know, I was thinking of that point earlier. Okay, but <clears throat> so here, listen to the lyrics of the love of God. Okay, okay? the love of God is greater far than tongue or pen can ever tell. It goes beyond the highest star and reaches to the lowest hell. The guilty pair bowed down with care. God gave his son to win. His erring child he reconciled and pardoned from his sin. O oh, love of God, how rich and pure, how measureless and strong. It shall forever more endure the saints and angels song. So that's the first verse and the chorus. And there's almost nothing in there that's a direct quote from the Bible. And then verse two, when hoary time shall pass away and earthly thrones and kingdoms fall, when men who hear refuse to pray on rocks and hills and mountains call, God's love so sure shall still endure all measure less and strong, redeeming grace to Adam's race, the saints and angels song. So that one was a little bit better as far as quoting directly from the Bible. Okay, and then the third verse, which is by far the most famous, 
Could we with ink the ocean fill and were the skies of parchment made, were every stalk on earth a quill and every man a scribe by trade? To write the love of God above would drain the ocean dry, nor could the scroll contain the whole, though stretched from sky to sky. And even though that's not a lot of direct um, scripture, you know, it's still one of the most famous hymns of all time. Yeah. No, and it's, I, I find, I find there's plenty of, it's actually hard to actually find a lot of songs that are just scripture songs. Yeah. Um, so now, there's, do you, sorry, go ahead. Oh, and, and I was just going to say, there's nothing wrong with, with um, finding songs that you don't necessarily pull that it directly out of scripture, but when it, when each concept in the song, as you're singing, it resonates with, with truth from scripture, I think is, is extremely important. Now, do you know the story behind that hymn, the love of God? Um, I don't know that I do. I, I may have at one point, it doesn't ring a bell right now. The first two verses were written by the gentleman who wrote the song. Um, he could not think of a third verse and he couldn't get a third verse. And he found the third verse written on a prison cell for the insane. And no wow. one knows who wrote it. Anyway. So I was wondering, is there any, um, I, I named a few songs that I thought were questionable lyric wise. Um, is there any that you know of that come to mind that, that you can think of that theologically you've, you've run across that were kind of problematic? I don't mean just the crazy, crazy stuff, but like, no, no, no absolutely. Um, uh, there's one that I'm thinking of, um, go ahead, bring up whatever you can think of. Cause well, I was just thinking, I, I brought up some, some of the negatives, but there is also some that I really like that are, that are new. Um, there's one, uh, there's one that is, I think a newsboys song and it's, uh, we believe in God, the father, we believe in Jesus Christ. We believe in the Holy spirit and he's given us new life. We believe in the resurrection. We believe that he's conquered death. We believe, um, We believe in the resurrection. We believe that he conquered death. We believe in the crucifixion. Well, I, can't, I got it mixed up. And, and he's coming back. He's coming back again. Anyway, I love singing songs like that where it's like really, I mean, every line in the song is something that I can undisputedly agree with. I mean, that really gets me excited. Um, there's And that, that one's a very, that's a modern song. Um, there's another one um, that we sing at church sometimes. Um, and I don't know who wrote it. Um I don't even know what it's called. There's uh, one the hymn. chorus is. Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No, no, no. Well, you. I'm still trying to find it. So I'm gonna try. I'm gonna see if I can remember the, how this one goes. But um, it's it's the the chorus is I belong I belong to God I belong to Jesus, uh, saved by His power, bought with His blood. Let's see if I can find the lyrics. I should know it. I don't know who wrote it. There's one that I really don't like, and it has to do with some... Oh, that's the name of it. Here it is. Okay. So this one is... Um, this one I, I do like, and it's a modern song. No longer bound by fear. 
no longer found in shame. Here we are now, children of mighty God. We have been marked, marked by grace. We have been called by name. Here we are now, children of a mighty God. You're a mighty God. I belong to God. I belong to Jesus. Saved by your power, bought with your blood. I'll say to the darkness, you do not own me anymore. Oh, I belong to God. Oh, I belong to God. And then it goes on. It goes on to say, but yeah, stuff like that. There are there are some good songs that are eventually going to end up in the hymnal, where it's like theologically, uh-huh. it doesn't matter that it's uh, whatever, uh, whoever wrote, wrote it. That one I found it here. And who is it? By Big Daddy Weave. Um, doesn't matter who it's by. Um, as somebody mentioned here every hymn was was new at one time, and obviously. I don't think we have to just reject everything that's modern and think that you okay. can only find truth in old songs. Go so ahead. I am going to challenge what you just said. Okay? okay. You said it doesn't matter who it's written by. I'm going to say it does. When you go to Ecclesiastes chapter seven, verse five, it says it is better to hear the rebuke of the wise than for a man to hear the song of fools. So when we read about the different types of music in your Bible, we typically talk about psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. But there's a fourth type of music talked about in the Bible. It has nothing to do with the music or the lyrics. It has to do with who is singing it. It is the song of fools. So one of the ideas is it does have to do with who's singing it. So and so I have read the Bible front to back, and I would have never remember that that verse is in there. So thanks for reminding me of that. Yeah. Yeah. Ecclesiastes seven, five. So to give you an example, I have one friend who will not listen to Elvis Presley sing hymns and gospel songs because the man was a fool. Okay. Now I struggle with that. I, I would call him, you know, a wayward Christian. Okay, and if you're asking me, yes, 100%, Elvis Presley is saved. He, if you listen to the first 10 or 15 years of his musical career, all he sang were gospel songs and hymns. I mean, that was it until he started to get famous and money came in. And then, you know, he went off into, you know, the rock and roll way. <clears throat> and with that, obviously got into drinking and drugs, which ended up being his eventual demise. Okay, but... <clears throat> The idea is I have friends that will not listen to Elvis Presley sing Amazing Grace because he is a fool. And that was their thought is that the man, you know, was totally wayward. His life was a mockery, you know, and a shame uh, to God. And therefore, um, they would not listen to certain people sing godly songs. And I understand that. I can appreciate it, whether I you know, agree with it or not is, is something different. It's debatable. Okay. So here's a hymn that I don't like. You ready? It's called hold the fort. Okay. And it is, um, Oh, my comrades see the signal waving in the sky reinforcements now appearing victory is nigh. And then here's the chorus. 
hold the fort for I am coming. Jesus signals still wave the answer back to heaven by thy grace. We will, you know what I don't like about that? The whole song is about us being in a fort under attack by the forces of darkness and Jesus will rescue us. Okay. Well, that's completely contrary to the Bible. The Bible says the gates of hell will not prevail against you. Okay, we are on the offense, and it is the gates of hell that are having trouble holding up against us and our onslaught. That's the difference. So I don't like that. Interesting. Mm -hmm. So there was um, something that I thought of when when you were mentioning that uh, as far as I've, I've grappled with this idea too, as far as who writes a song, are mm-hmm. they, um, I used to, for a long time, I took a very kind of Puritan stance on the music thing. I would not listen to a band that played any secular music, mm-hmm. even if they, if, even if they had a gospel album, I wouldn't listen to their gospel album if they were not a strictly Christian band, but something that, um, I started realizing some along somewhere along the, the way is where we should be followers of Jesus, not of the artist that's singing the song. It becomes problematic wh- when you start looking for the perfect songwriter, the f- perfect person. So I'm wondering how this fits in with that scripture in Ecclesiastes, because you look at David and some would argue that David who wrote the Psalms was a fool or that a song of Solomon um, that yeah. Solomon was a fool as well, because they were sinners. They fell mm-hmm. and did foolish things. Um, so, I, I wonder where you, and I'm not saying that David was a fool overall. He, he seemed like a, you know, a fairly decent guy. Sure. With uh, a couple of big mistakes that we all focus exactly. on. Yeah, no, I, I get it. I'm, I, I totally get that. So I just wonder how, again, like what I was saying earlier, as far as being somewhat gracious in how judgmental we are about, about Christian songs, can you go to a, ch- a church service where you don't agree with a, a line in one of the songs and still, you know, not get up and burn the place down kind of a thing. Um, also, can you listen to songs that came from somebody that you disagree with or you think was not a, a great moral person? I certainly think that God can, if God can speak through a donkey, he can speak through a sinner that writes a song, even if they sure. are a wayward Christian or somewhat foolish. But there, that, that, I mean, that, that's a valid point. Um, think of this. I like, okay. Uh, as far as the music in the church goes, I think what would help the music more is not another hour or two of practicing with instruments, but an hour or two in the prayer closet in preparation for singing. And I don't know how many groups do that, that are singing in churches. I've seen a lot of them practice and put in a lot of hours with their instruments, which is great. There's nothing wrong with that. I would rather people were in key than out of key and in tune than out of tune. But, you know, keep in mind, the idea is we are supposed to be focused on the Lord rather than the performers. And, you know, that might be another good um standard as far as when we go to the spiritual song debate, which is what Mm -hmm. is okay for a spiritual song. Well, let's take a look at it. Is the goal to put our focus or to, you know, and I'm just going to quote a hymn here. Is it to put our eyes upon Jesus? 
or is it to, you know, focus on the performers, which I mean, you and I have both been to churches where it's like, holy cow, this it's the same as a concert. And the goal in a concert is to look at the performers. That's the goal. Which is why why I was kind of I was kind of surprised when you when you mentioned that you love um, big big choirs. Oh, man. Yeah, I I was kind of because I found especially leading leading out with the music in our church, Mm -hmm. I found that the more people that you have involved the more of a production it becomes, the more it's necessary to have the logistics of the sound equipment and, you know, mm-hmm. everything all up and working and the slides and the projectors and, mm-hmm. and making sure that everybody knows their parts. And I've always been very, in our church, I've always been opposed to coming up with arrangements for songs where, where it becomes a, a musical performance. A I would rather, I would rather just play a song and sing the song and, yeah. and not have it become that we are the, the local band and orchestra. Sure. Um, but is that's i guess so, sort of neither here nor there i'm sure that god can use it in any way i mean clearly in in um the tabernacle um when they were when they were worshiping god there was a lot of effort put into crafting the instruments and and mm-hmm. you know playing the trumpets and you know whatever all they were doing um john 4:24 this is a verse that a lot of my mennonite friends would have used to to rationalize their reason for um, not allowing musical instruments in the church. So most um, traditional Mennonite churches were acapella. Church of mm-hmm. Christ is acapella. Yep. And they, they, um, John four twenty four says, God is a spirit and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that was one of the verses and there. There may have been another one, but their, their argument was that if you're worshiping God and it's coming from the heart, that it should be done vocally, not through your hands playing mm-hmm. an instrument. That and the, the other argument was that they didn't find instruments in the New Testament; that it was only found in the Old Testament. Um, of course, I think that those are both loosely tied in with Scripture to um, rationalize a movement that was built mostly off of fear of people turning out to be like Elvis Presley, where they sure. were money and yeah. fame got a hold of them and they were the next rock band. Um, yeah. I, I appreciate people to take that stand if they want to. It's just boring music. And there's nothing <laughs> wrong, wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. Okay. If you want to be in a church that only sings acapella and doesn't use instruments, that's fine. I'm not saying you have to have instruments. Okay. I don't, I don't see the scriptural support for forbidding instruments. Okay, I don't right. see that at all. Um, <clears throat> now, uh, another one, Caleb. I was in a, I was in a church, and I was visiting this church. Um, so I was only there for, I don't know, a couple months, and it was a reformed. Wow, you were church. like a professional church hopper, or what? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty close. So I was in a reformed church, and it was an old-fashioned reformed church. And what we did was we would get together every other week at this church member's house who had a really big house and they had a piano there and we would actually practice singing a whole bunch of hymns and working on the four-part harmony and let me tell you when sunday morning came and we were singing those hymns in church wow i mean you're blowing the roof off the place it paid off Everybody yeah. in the church was singing their part. I mean, not everybody. There are visitors who didn't know how to sing four-part harmony. And if you've never been in a choir, you know, or have any experience with singing or, or music, I get it if you can't read music. But, 
you know, we put effort into learning that. And I'm telling you, it was one of my favorite times of singing in churches that I've ever, you know, been a part of. And that was, that was only, I, I, I think we've only ever had a piano, you know, play along with us to, to help us along. But the voices were very powerful, you know, when we got the, uh, the four parts really nailed down. Yeah, we just uh, last last Sunday, I guess it was, we spent time, my wife and I, and then two different couples in the church, uh, we spent some time doing some old Southern gospel songs and practicing some four-part harmonies. And it was it was really fun. We eventually kind of basically put the instruments down and went to acapella or just sure. one guitar just to, to, um, f- to work on actually the harmonies. Because o- oftentimes what you'll find is churches that put more emphasis on the vocals uh, like Mennonite churches, if you sit down mm-hmm. in a service like that, they have their four-part four harmonies down, and it's it's heavenly mm-hmm. <laughs> when you hear them sing, as opposed to a church that has a rock band every Sunday and everybody just screams the melody on or off key, however they yeah. feel like it. Nobody's singing any other parts other than the melody, and it definitely makes it it makes a difference. Um, this uh, the the point I was making with, or one of the points that I wanted to make with this this uh, scripture out of John here was what you had said, and that was. Um, people should spend more time preparing to meet God in their prayer closet than they do getting their, all of their runs down on their, their drum rolls or, or whatever it is, mm-hmm. um, their, their instruments perfected or their choir or orchestra, because God, God does. Um, there's another verse that talks about that. He appreciates it when men lift up holy hands in prayer to him. And when you have sinners coming into the church, living in sin, um, disregarding God in their prayer life, you know, walking in disobedience to God. And then you come to church and you, and you start singing a hymn. It means something totally different than somebody that's been on their knees, you know, in prayer and trying to walk in obedience to God. So I like this tying this in as far as the spiritual songs where it says that uh, they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. So if you want, if you want to be spiritual, if you want to, if you really want the power of God to be inhabiting your praises, then keep some truth involved. And then it's a lot easier for people to really connect with it. Don't, don't go off the rails and, and go, go toward untruth. Mm-hmm. So somebody here, uh, Adam Hutchinson said, or Hutchison, I guess says, mm-hmm. I believe God is more pleased with a nervous, unpolished singer that is pouring his heart out to God than the one who is singing for self glorification. Amen to that. Definitely agree with that. So anyways, well, let me tell you, I, uh, I would recommend nobody, uh, listen to that fella, um, at all. I happen to personally know him and his judgment is clearly suspect. He actually goes to my home church. So we okay. clearly should not trust his opinion in spiritual matters, but he's demonstrated <laughs> a, a clear lack of judgment, uh, with the people he decided to worship with. So, um, just keep that in Your mind. Home. <laughs> yes and, your home and that church. group is my home church yeah I, okay yeah. this is your new home fellowship or your yep. home church oh he's he's part of your home fellowship he is okay i see yeah yeah so sorry well, if everyone has lost respect for him <laughs> knowing that so adam your your comments might not be very helpful anymore now that you've been outed <laughs> All right, man. You know, we're over an hour and a half. Well, we've got, we have 10 minutes to go and we'd be at two hours. So I was thinking if we wanted, if we, most of our videos have been topping out at about 1200 to 1500 views. So I'm wondering if we just stay on for two hours, does that, does that just 
boost our views by twice as much. I'm just kidding. So anyways, yeah, I, um, I don't know that we got anywhere with this discussion other than everybody well, knows how we feel. And uh, one thing you notice is music is a serious concern to a lot of people and people are, are, are seriously opinion, uh, opinionated um, and they're outspoken about it. And that, that's a good thing. It, it's an important subject and it affects us and it affects the type of church you go to and how you feel about going to the church that you're a part of. So I think it is good to be in a place where you feel that the music is agreeable to God, uh, because we've all been in churches where we feel like it is not, and it is difficult to feel comfortable there. So um, if you have a place where you feel comfortable with the music and you feel that it is nice and you enjoy it and um, you look forward to it, you know, uh, that's a great thing. And, and hopefully, as Caleb and I said several times, it would be doctrinally accurate um, uh, you know, um, so that way we have a good idea that God is pleased with it. And I would say, even though I'm very opinionated on, opinionated on style with music, I think that we should emphasize doctrine over style, even though I'm not, I may not like your style at your church. Mm -hmm. If I come there and it's jazz or rap or whatever, just please Get, get your doctrine straight in the music to where you're not singing something that really clearly goes against the Bible. I think that we do need to be gracious to no different than wanting people to be gracious to people that are more traditional like us. Um, I think we should also be gracious to people that connect better with pop music or, you know, whatever's popular um, and realize that God can still work through those avenues. Um, and we don't have to, we don't have to stick str strictly with old music in order to have truth, but, as we're making new music, whatever style it is. Um, I, I'm definitely not, I'm not a huge fan of the church always just being 10 or 15 years behind the rest of culture, just following lagging a little bit behind. And that's really what we're doing. Good point. That's really what we're doing with the music. We're, we're copying it, but in a way, those that are more traditional are just 150 years behind the times, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And, you know and so we, <laughs> So that really doesn't, that can't, just because it's antiquated, can't replace the, the argument that's being made is for truth, not for, for something that's just traditional or something that is uh, stylistically different. You may disagree with what I like stylistically with music. Um, uh -huh. You may like a different genre. That's fine. But I think the big argument that's being made is more for truth. Go ahead. What were you going to say? Well, I was just going to say, it's so funny because uh, at, at our home fellowship, we use the King James Bible and we sing hymns. And, and mm -hmm. what that does is it paints us into a corner. So we never have to worry about. Like a corner being... where you actually have real Christians show up. To be... <laughs> <laughs> so we never have to worry about trying to keep up with the world and their new ideas. Because we've just given up. We're like, nah, we're just going to pick one of the older versions in the English language there is. And we're going to do the same thing with the songs. And because of that, you know, it's it's easy. We never get swept if hipster, up. In the don't go to thing. Patrick's yeah, church. Exactly. You and your skinny jeans can just stay home, you know, and go to some other nonsensical liberal church with a fog machine and lasers. Well, and that's. Isn't that sad that that's so much what's missing in the church right now is people that are willing to to just stick with truth 
and be real Christians and not have to figure out how to repackage Christianity into pop culture to the point that you can't recognize it as something different. I mean, that's, it's really what yeah. we're seeing it reflected in the music and it's exactly what's happening in, in the church right now is, is it's, we have, we have churches that rather than looking to the Bible as their source of direction and inspiration, they're mm-hmm. looking to paid they're paying consultants and and marketing specialists to come in here and tell them how they can boost their numbers in church and which demographics they should should try to target because they're going to be the most likely to stick around and tithe longer these Mm -hmm. are the things that are determining what kind of music that they have what kind of what kind of messages they preach what kind of styles that the how the pastor dresses and it's it is really tickling itching ears in the, yeah. in the best sense of the definition, when Jesus says that we're going to have people coming along tick- tickling itching ears, that's exactly what we have happening. And we see it in the music. And there's nothing wrong with being a stick in the mud like Patrick and just saying, we're yep. going to stick with the King James Bible and we're going to actually preach truth. And if you don't like it, you can go somewhere else. So, uh, you know, and one of my favorite verses is, uh, thus saith the Lord, stand ye in the ways and see and ask for the old paths. Where is the good way and walk therein and you shall find rest for your souls. But wait, what's that reference? I looked at the message. They said we will not walk therein. You know, um, what's, so wait, in, what's that scripture reference? Uh, Jeremiah 6, 16. Uh, okay. Ask for the old paths. Where is the good way? Okay. So, you know, one thing that's funny, Caleb, is uh, like I said, because we have a home church, uh, I invite people all the time that I run into. And it's funny because you find yourself trying to figure out, like, what can I tell them to entice them to come? And what I've come down to is I tell everyone, I'm like, look, if you don't want to learn the Bible, we really don't have anything else for you. So there's your invitation. Please come and try it out. And other than that, you know, if you're not into studying the word of God with a bunch of other Christians, there's nothing else there, man. It's, it's a home church is bare bones. You know, I mean, you get to sit on a couch and, you know, have some homemade cookies, you know, and a cup of coffee while you're learning the Bible, which is always pleasant, but there's no, there's no fluff. There's no frills. There's no programs. There's no, you know, there's none of that. The music is going to be simple. The preaching is going to be simple. The fellowship's going to be amazing, you know, but that's what, uh, that's what a home church is. And I love it. I, I will tell you right now, I am never going back. I have no desire. You, you, you're sold on the home church. Oh yeah. Yep. It's over. What are you looking up? Well, I probably should just quit this because yeah. we've actually made it this far on the Bible Thumper without ever straying off into the, the other. Um... Into quoting the Bible. <laughs> actually, I, I brought two verses in pretty early on with Colossians and Ephesians. No, no, to... no. I mean, without without straying outside of King James. So we'll just leave it there. I was going to pull okay. something out of like New Living Translation or the message to see how bad stupid. they had messed yeah. that verse up. <laughs> I'm trying to remember what's that one where they like make everything into like slang, like modern. I don't know what it is. Anyways, I don't know. All right, my my phone's at one percent, so I'm not. I'm right. not gonna. I'm just I'm not gonna mess it up. Yep, we well, tried everyone. Inter- we we it was did an our interesting best. discussion. We only got two and a half hours of content. 
much. Oh, wait. Were we, were we supposed to have an altar call at the end of this? This is supposed to be very meaningful. <laughs> no, no, no. I say if, pass if the you, basket. If, I'm a Baptist. We're <laughs> passing the basket. If we're doing one thing if, before this service is over, we're passing the basket. <laughs> <laughs> all right if you if if this wasn't if this wasn't uh the uh message that transformed your life come back next week and we'll talk next about week. secular music oh we're gonna make you mad next week i guarantee it if you think music because you know what music in the church you got to put up with for like 20 minutes that's it okay music in the church is 20 minutes a week what we're talking about next week is the music you listen to all week long and it's going to be great and we're going to beat All up right. on Rebecca for her. I'm scrolling back through the comments. Country music, it looks like. That's what we're going to beat up on mostly for Rebecca. Okay. She said she was going to have a heart attack if we said anything bad against country music. So we'll, we'll find right. something. Well, thanks, Rebecca, for joining us. Thanks, Adam, Robert. Sharon, we got a whole bunch of you guys on here. I'm not going to get to call you all out. We do a really bad job of that. I guess that's what you're supposed to do when you're on here on Facebook Live is you call everybody out. We actually really? don't see who's on, on here li on the live stream unless you comment because we're actually not on the Facebook platform. On the fa Facebook platform, you can see when your friends are on there, um, but we're on another platform. But Connie, uh, everybody else that joined in, uh, thanks. It was good to have you guys. We love you guys. And uh, go go home and uh enjoy your enjoy your christian music with uh with more with more healthy criticism now <laughs> <laughs> hopefully we've taught you how to properly criticize the christian music in your church this sunday if you go back to church sunday and we ruined half the songs you can thank patrick for that <laughs> yep okay have a good week we'll see, we'll see you next next uh, sunday night same time bye-bye all right bye